Hey, dads and moms, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to quickly announce that we're very excited that Modern Dadhood has been featured in the new issue of Podcast Magazine. That's the August 2022 issue. If that's something you'd like to check out, you can go to podcastmagazine.com where you can subscribe, or you can simply check out the article by following Modern Dadhood on Facebook or LinkedIn. If you're just listening to Modern Dadhood for the first time because of the Podcast Magazine article, Welcome to the conversation. Also, while I have your ear, would you mind taking a quick second to please leave us a rating and a review wherever you're listening, if that's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Spotify, wherever you like to listen, a rating and a very short review would make a big difference for us. Thank you so much for your continued support and enjoy the episode. going on the podcast yeah let's record an episode i'm here for it dude it's actually when this date was set by you just yesterday i've been looking forward to it ever since me too i always love seeing you talking to you and i love seeing you and talking to you on dun, 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 dun. <laughs> this podcast modern dadhood what is modern dadhood mark oh my god Beyond being a podcast that you can find on all your favorite podcasting platforms, it's an ongoing conversation, really, about the joys, the challenges, and the general insanity of being a dad in this moment. If you're picking up any of the tone in my voice, you'll understand it's equal parts, challenges, joys, and insanity. My name's Mark Checkett, for those of you uh, who are new to the show, uh, and I'm a dad to twin boy four and a half year olds and you you beautiful son of a bitch you i am adam flaherty and i'm a dad to two daughters one of them is eight and a half and the other is coming right up on five and a half so going into third grade and going into kindergarten basically college grader you basically have two college age kids pretty much wish i had the money to pay for that yeah don't Today's episode features a conversation you and I had, what, two weeks ago with a very creative individual named Jeff Fiennes. Three F's if you're counting. Three F's in a row. It's a beautiful name, actually. Yeah, and a great dude. We'll play back that conversation soon. So... Earlier this evening, my son informed me that he wants to change his name to Chop Claw. Are you going to let it happen? I'm sort of, I'm sort of feeling like I might. He had a motion to go along with it too, which was sort of like, picture your sort of typical cartoony karate chop. Mm -hmm. Okay. Chop. And then, and then he, he did this thing where he kind of put his palm towards me and he curled just the top parts of his fingers. And, the, and like his thumb just a little bit and sort of made like a bear claw. But he just came at me out of nowhere with this. He says, I want to change my name to Chop Claw. And he, he did the motion along with it. Oh, I love that. He had a whole package deal when he came to me with this. He had been yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. There's some strategy, but I like that. I'm kind of feeling inclined to just go with it. So to you know? go with it, like uh, you'll start calling him that or to march him we'll down test. to... 
city hall and <laughs> fill out some paperwork. Just, just, just kind of be behind him, sort of pushing him all the way up to the desk. Come on, you want to change it? This Let's is go. what you Come wanted. On. There's yep. no turning this is back. What you asked for, son, might have something to do with the fact that recently we got walkie talkies. And I had also just recently watched the uh, the new Top Gun, and so I I came home talking about call signs. You know, I was like, we need call signs. The whole family needs call signs. Yeah. But we've been using these walkie talkies, and so I think he's I think he was just sort of connecting some dots along the way. And you went you saw in the theater. Sounds like I did. Yeah. Yeah. First time I'd been to the movie theater since uh, pre COVID days. Once in a while, you just need a schlocky piece of schlock to just to just assault your eyes and your ears, you know, just like pure schlock entertainment, you know. If nothing else, you're escaping reality for an hour and That's 40 right. minutes. I don't even know how many Reese's Pieces I shoved in my mouth while I watched that movie. <laughs> you know, there was a huge thing of Dr. Pepper in front of me, uh, popcorn. I mean, like, I don't even my hands were just shoveling. It's like they each had a mind of their own. It's great. <laughs> that reminds me, I have a, a question for you. It's a, it's mm. a, what would you do in this situation? Oh, and I'll tie it me. into dadhood at the oh, end. Great. Let's do it. What would you do in this situation? Cause this happened to me yesterday. Oh. I was walking into the grocery store. I did just grab a couple of things. Okay. So you walk in the door And before you get into the store, there's this little lobby area where all the carts are, right? I only needed a Mm -hmm. few things, so I went to grab a basket, which is immediately inside the first door. Reach for the basket, and in the basket, there is an Mm. unopened package of M&Ms, okay? Oh, shit. And that's that's what made me think of when you were talking about your Reese's pieces. Yeah. Okay. So there's an open pack, but it's not just like a single pack of M&Ms. It's like sharing size. Oh, okay. Substantial amount of M&Ms. And there's, and next to it, there's a receipt. So I'm like, huh. Proof of purchase. Somebody bought this, left it in the basket. And I look around, they're nowhere to be found. What would you have done in that situation? Because you don't have a lot of time to really think about it before, you know, somebody else notices what's going on or whatever. Here's here's what I would do. I would leave them alone. I would just leave them. I would leave the basket. I wouldn't touch any of it. And it's because I'm a little bit freaked out. If I like it would freak me out to eat those. It was closed. Because they were like, because they were left, even if they were closed, I would get a little bit, it's a, it, I would say it's border like paranoia with like, I also don't, if there's one thing on a shelf and I need that one thing at yeah. the grocery store, but there's only one left, I won't get the one thing. Hmm. It freaks me out. It's there for some dubious reason. And, and I would think the same of the, the unattended, like the receipts next to it. You know, don't you feel like that's a little suspect, you know? I mean, and there they could there could be a hole in that bag that's the size of a needle. You know, it could be an in tiny little inconspicuous hole in there. You know, I don't know, my brain starts to go to this weird not realistic paranoia induced thought process. Yeah. And for that reason, I just wouldn't I just wouldn't even touch that basket. 
I respect that. I mean, that's maybe it's a little, maybe it's a little far fetched that someone injected a needle into it with poison. Has not. (laughs) You said poison. I didn't say poison. (laughs) Um, But but I respect the decision. It has nothing to. It the thing is, is that it has nothing to do with is it right or wrong to take ownership of these. If I didn't have the weird problem, I would say they're up for grabs, man. You want them? They're yours. You want to know what I did? But I'm a I'm a weirdo. What did you do? I mean, you already know what I did. I know what you did. There's they no were way gone they, before you left. There's, there's only they one, were gone yeah. before you left the store. <laughs> well, I couldn't. But the thing is, I couldn't pick it up and bring it into the store. Right? No. Well, that'd be weird. Yeah. Right. So I grab the basket and I just loop right back out the door and head to the car. And I drop it in the back of the car and then I go okay. in and do my shopping, you Perfect. know, thinking yeah. all the while and I just scored a free thing of M&M's. Did somebody chase you out to no. your car? No, no, no. Nope. What are you doing with my M&M's, man? Nope. Got home, popped them in the freezer, had a few then, maybe had a few more mm. today, still alive, no poison. Freezer, no poison. Freezer M&M's are the way to go too, man. That's next level M&M. So if you didn't have the weird paranoia thing and you didn't have a conscience issue with looping back out of the store and making taking ownership of the m&ms would that change if you had the boys with you because i was there when i was when i was doing that when i was committing that Uh act and not feeling guilty about it i was thinking to myself if my girls were with me what would i have because then i would have had then it would have felt more a little more sneaky right i would have had to explain to them what was happening which not only makes me look gluttonous and pathetic but (laughs) also there's an element of there's a little bit of an element of sneakiness to this even though it's paid for right but they're not i mean yes but they they don't belong to you necessarily yeah i see i see what you're saying here i mean yeah i would i would like to think if i rolled up to Hannaford's and the boys are with me and I go to grab a basket and there's unopened food in that basket. I would probably say something to the effect of, oh no, someone left their food here. And they would probably say something. And I would say, you know what? Let's just leave it here in case they come back. Okay. I don't know if I would say let's leave it because the next person who comes in after me is just going to grab it. And then they get to enjoy the tasty snack (laughs) paid for by somebody else. Paid for by somebody else. Was it, what if it was a bunch of celery? Would you just, would you have paid it for me then? You know, I would leave that. You know, I'd leave the celery. Okay. Okay. Here's a question. What if it was a bunch of celery, a jar of peanut butter and a pack of raisins? Now we're talking ants. So then I, then it would, my head would say somebody planted this here. I'm being pranked. There's a camera on you. Yeah. There's like a, you're being punked or whatever. I'm like, there's hidden cameras on me to see what I do with this. What would that show be called? Ants on a log surprise. <laughs> Ants on a log surprise. Whew, boy, what are we talking about today? Creativity, right? <laughs> Creativity. Creative performance and executive coaching. Oh, I'm glad I you have those. Feels notes, like cause... what we might feels like we might go down that rabbit hole. So before we get into the chat with Jeff, who does that professionally and does children's music on the side, I did want to ask you, like we haven't talked about your music stuffed animal a lot oh. lately 
And I just didn't know, are, are there any like new songs that you're working on that you're particularly psyched about? Cause I don't know, we've only talked about your music like a couple times. So for listeners who, who don't know the show as well, Mark is an awesome, talented musician and writes music for kids under the name Stuffed Animal. Yes, uh, I do that. It all started with me at a good, a good, good groove in my head that I was working on with the guitar. And I had one of my sons was sitting here and I was like, dude, let's, let's work on this together. So I played him what I had and I was like, we need lyrics. So we started talking about lyrics and then here comes mommy sliding down, sliding into the office. And she's like, what about this? And I was like, it's gold. Your mom dropped the verse. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's becoming a family thing, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm still just on the same track that I was before. I'm just trying to write fun songs and record record songs that my kids love that are about our everyday, mundane, normal situations, you know? And I'm just putting them out there on SoundCloud. I'm not really exactly shouting from the rooftops yet, you know? And so dads and moms listening, check out Stuffed Animal at, what it's stuffedanimalmusic.com, right? Stuffedanimalmusic.com. Yeah. You know, there's a and, link in uh, our show notes as well. In every episode, you know, I always put a link in there. You know, I've noticed that's very, very nice of you to do that. I've noticed it gets shoved in there. I appreciate that. You can do something for me someday too, if you want. Ooh, nice for me. Let me check my calendar uh, before I commit to anything. Okay. Someone's at the door. You hear that? <laughs> I can hear that, but I also see you rapping on your desktop. Is that what I think it is? Yeah. I believe it's Jeff Fiennes at the door. Yeah. So are we pretending the interview is happening now? Yep. (laughs) All right. Let him in. (laughs) Roll tape. Jeff Fiennes is a creative performance and executive coach. Uh, He has a three-year-old son named Hendrix, and he has multiple albums of kids' music under the name Mr. Boo Daddy. Welcome to the conversation, Jeff. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on with you. Before we jump in, the name Hendrix. Let me (laughs) guess. Does that... That, that definitely comes from the the famed Arthur Hendricks, who's the Alabama-born uh, amateur tennis player from the, like 1936, right? That's no, definitely no, where that name comes from, it's, right? It's actually from the gin. We love gin. Oh, instead okay. of the C-K-S, <laughs> we decided to put an X on it to get crazy with it. That's more clear. Okay. Definitely Jimi oh, Hendrix. Right. I'm a guitar player. Uh, my favorite guitar player, musician, music creator. Of all time, I didn't come up with the name though. Actually, my wife came oh. up with it one day. She's like, "How about Hendrix?" Boom, I'm sold. And you immediately and you fell melted. in love. That was it. I melted. <laughs> yeah, and that was it. That was it. <laughs> nice. So three three years old. What's uh, what's going on with him? What's he into these days? Yeah, he's a fun guy. He's he's uh, a little bit closer to three and a half now, and he, it's like it's amazing. I mean, you guys have older kids. It's amazing to just see how much they change in those six months or year oh, spans. Man. Like he's really into, he really loves music. Like authentically, it's not just me 
pressuring him or saying like, hey, <laughs> mm-hmm. you need to like guitar or like this or that. But yes. No, he's just like, he really loves it. He loves singing. He loves kind of, one of his heroes is Mick Jagger. He loves Sympathy oh, for the awesome. Devil, this video on YouTube of Mick Jagger where he turns around really crazily and goes, wow. And like, he just thinks it's so cool. Uh, so yeah, That's I mean, awesome. he loves, he's into everything like guitar and drums. We have a little drum set for him. Um, dancing. He's really into you into those things. And, and he's, he's in soccer right now and he really loves that as well. <laughs> cool. Nice. So creative performance and executive coach. So in, in my mind, these two things kind of uh, are, are, are very different. And I wonder, is this, sort of one professional career path that you have where you combine sort of the creative side and the more executive side, or are these sort of two separate roles that you are doing in parallel? Yeah, that's a good question. It's more of combining these things. So I grew up as a creator, musician, entrepreneur. I got into the field of leader development, training and development, putting workshops on, working with people one-on-one in more of a corporate setting. Um, when I was doing that work, I was doing it within just different marketing agencies primarily and startups. And I really saw this opportunity to bring more creativity to leadership and more leadership to creativity, right? Like fusing mm. the two spaces almost is what I see it as like a superpower for moving forward in the future, right? Like hmm. to be better leaders, we need to cultivate and activate their creative thinking and their creative perspectives and, and how to ignite the creativity of their people. Yeah. And on the flip side, creators, they keep, I find that they, what they really need to bring out their biggest ideas to activate their full potential creatively is to bring more of these leadership skills to what they're doing. Like mm-hmm. I created this cause I was the same exact way. I had all these ideas. I viewed myself as a very creative person. I was like, wow, like I'm really, I have awesome ideas. Like this is great. Like I love this. But then, you know, it just kind of hit me one day and wow, I'm not really following through on a lot of these things. <laughs> I'm not really making them happen. What's going on with that? Like, okay, let me look more deeply into that some of the traditional productivity advice out there, I feel like doesn't fit creative people as well as I could. So I took a lot of that advice and just things that work well for me, work well for other creators. The interesting thing is we all have the same struggles pretty much. Mm. And so mm. it's cool to connect, you know, things from different domains and bring it, you know, kind of cross pollinate, if you will, to help other creators become more effective at following through and and implementing their ideas. (laughs) So you just described what you do professionally, but then there's, you know, we talked a little bit about the fact that you also make music and you're a creator. Do you find yourself even somebody who does, uh, you know, who professionally helps creatives sort of realize a vision? Do you still find that you struggle? when you're sitting, you know, with your guitar in your hand or something needing to almost follow your own advice (laughs) when you're, when you're trying to realize a vision, does that still happen to even you? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the creative process. Anytime you're creating something new, like you're, 
you're probably not just following the same template. You're not repeating the same thing you've done before. Yeah. Those negative thoughts pop in my head and like, wow, maybe I'm not good enough to pull this off. Like traditionally you think creativity, like, oh, I just, I want to do it by myself. I want to figure it all out by myself. Yeah. That's who I am. I, that's the way I do it. If, if I get help or support, it means I'm less creative or whatever, right? Like we get these like weird thoughts, but it really is a great way to accelerate your creativity and your, your efficiency and the speed at which you, you know, build things. And also it just helps you be bolder and talk through things. A lot of times these negative thoughts, they are, you know, if you just get them out in the open, you talk to someone who right. understands what you're going through, another creative person, you realize, wow, okay, that's not that big of a deal. That's a little silly. Yeah. Just saying it out loud, I feel a lot better. Okay, I'm ready to go. I think that accountability part is huge and it's really important because I think especially maybe if you're like a, a business-minded person, it can be easy to sort of get get stuck in a rut, you know, and I think that you need those creative outlets. I mean, whether it's music, whether it's art, whether it's writing, wh whatever it is, you need to do that stuff. And it can be intimidating to think about starting it, mm -hmm. um, especially if you have no experience with it. So yeah. having yourself and a team of other people who are sort of supporting you in that, but also checking in with you to make sure you're actually doing it seems like it'd be really um, important. Uh, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about the origins of your musical project and sort of what inspired you to start writing music for young people. Is this something yeah. <laughs> that happened when your son was born or before you had kids? Yeah. So before my son was born around my undergraduate college years, I was in a band. We were going for it. Yada, yada, yada. Didn't work out. Different visions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we really, we had the talent, we had the skills, but, um, yeah, it just didn't work out. And so I kept trying to get in other bands and keep music going after that. But each year, you know, I got more and more into just the day job life, the corporate life, you know, working nine to five and paying the bills, just getting into that space. I got more and more disconnected from music as like, this is what I'm going to do. That's it to... I like doing this. I'll do it on the side when I can. If it works out, no big deal. And so it just became less and less a part, like a major part of my life. But when mm. my wife was pregnant, kind of woke me up a bit. Like, wow, like, mm. okay, I'm about to be a dad. Okay, what does that mean for me? Who do I need to be so that my son can be his best version of himself? Like, what kind of values do I want to role model? Like, how do I want my son to view me and himself more importantly. And what do I need to change or do differently uh, to make that happen? So that got me thinking like, wow, you know, like I've been really putting off this music stuff. It's always a huge part of who I am. It still is like, I still feel like there's that missing piece. So I started picking up the guitar more, just being more deliberate, more intentional about it. When my wife was pregnant, I, you know, I had this little Bose portable speaker. Yeah, you know, I was like, it's oh, awesome. There's that theory. You're, you know, they hear your voice when you're reading to it. So let's do this yeah. with music. Let's get them exposed early. And, yeah. and just doing that, that was just so much fun. It was just so fun for my wife and I. Then when my son was born, 
you know, it kind of amplified that, like, whoa, he's really here. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I got to take this up a little notch. There's so many hilarious moments that are happening. <laughs> and oh, yeah. like just started humming and singing like just different hooks and melodies and sings. And I was like, wow, like this, this could be a fun song. You know, this, this could be fun to develop further and see where it goes. That could be cool. It's fun for my son. Cause he was doing things and seeing that interaction and, and, you know, I test all my songs on him to make sure that they're, they're going to be hits in the the baby and Tyler world <laughs> yeah, to make gotta, sure you're just getting the head bob or the rhythm. Or, they got a hit right with the, the audience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like just the process of doing it, even before I was finished, I was like, you know what? I'm going to commit to writing at least one album every year of his life, capturing all these hilarious experiences and developmental phases and funny moments, like every year of his life until he gets old enough and says, dad, listen, you're embarrassing like, me. <laughs> going to, I'm going to college. Yeah. I'm going to college. I have a girlfriend now. Like just cut it out, please. Like you're embarrassing me. The production on your, your stuff is so great. Oh, thanks. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, is that you or are yeah. you enlisting some help? Yeah, it's mostly me. It's uh, I do get, I do enlist help. I found this guy that does mixed feedback and oh. like basically at first I kind of just hired like a few, three or four different people to give mixed feedback just to see what it'd be like, see where they would kind of converge or what was different. Mm-hmm. And then I found their tips to be so helpful, like just to kind of open up a new world, new perspective. And I would do it and I would notice the difference and like, wow. So definitely having a team collaborators helps so much. Some of the stuff that Jeff's saying, Mark, reminds me of, um, you know, what you tell me about your process uh, of writing music for kids to, you know, finding inspiration in some of the in similar places. How do you yeah. feel like your writing process compares to how Jeff's describing his? It, so- it sounds super, super similar. I mean, you know, and in like quick con- context for Jeff's sake, like I do this, I do something really similar. It's, I probably do it on a much smaller scale than you because it's, I really just like, I make music and I just put it on SoundCloud and I just don't tell anybody about it. <laughs> uh, and yeah. then, but I always have them on my phone and we, we listen to them, you know, in the car, like when we're driving around and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but it was really, it was, I mean, the origin story that Jeff just explained was really similar for, for me. Music was a huge part of my upbringing. Uh, I did this, a similar thing. I used to put my acoustic guitar, the, I would play like this and the body of the acoustic guitar would just be against my wife's belly, you know? And usually I was just playing, I'd play like, I probably played, you know, Blackbird, the Beatles, Blackbird a thousand times, (laughs) you know, like that. Um, And some, and some Tom Petty songs and some, just some music like that. That's like good music, uh, pretty standard, you know, stuff. And, and soon after they were, born and these they were these little blobs that existed and you could look at their face and you could do things and change their expression i started playing doing the exact same thing i'd play some chords and then sing whatever dumb thing is happening at that moment you know (laughs) yeah the goal that i gave for myself was these songs have to be as best that i can as a 40 year old to be writing the story from the perspective of whatever my kid's age, which is sometimes really difficult, but I find it 
very cathartic, you know, because the world can just feel overwhelmingly vast and complex. And it's so nice sometimes to sort of shut it all out and just, you know, try to look at the world the way that a three or a four-year-old does. Oh man, I love it. I can relate to that so much. Like I read some, I don't know if it was a quote or something, but they said the best part of about being a dad is being a kid again. And so Uh that really resonated with me. That's awesome. So aside from having this great library of music that he enjoys and obviously has a strong connection to, have you thought about like, what's the biggest thing that you hope that Hendrix gets out of this, this experience, you know, later in life when he's reflecting on it, like, what do you hope he, he, he gets from, from a, like being a part of this with you, but B, like sort of observing and reflecting on like my dad was was doing this for a long period of time? Yeah, that's a great question. For me, it's about role modeling creativity and mm. and focus and courage and resilience. So, you know, like I don't have to be doing this stuff. It's hard. It takes a long time to write and produce and record and mix and everything. And I think it's really important for dads to role model creativity or like follow their, you know, creative passions and and have some creative projects that they're working on. I think it, you know, your kids, they look up to you, you're their hero, you're their role model, whether you want to be or not, whether you notice or not, like they're observing. So to me, like what I want Hendrix to get from seeing all this is, wow, like if you have something you're curious about, something you're passionate about, some idea you want to bring to life, like if you want to do that, like go do that, right? Like make it happen. What you want is important, right? What you're passionate about is meaningful. It's not something for you to extinguish and put aside. Like if you have these things, if you have these ideas that you're itching to get out, like go for it, like be bold, be courageous, like you can do it. It's going to be challenging, but you can figure it out if you're committed to it, if you enjoy what you're doing, if you want to make it happen. What I, what I love about the notion that like, so you've got, you know, you've got your professional life and you've got this passion. And in a sense, you're kind of talking to professionals about pursuing passion. And they might pursue that for their career or for something mm-hmm. outside of their, their career, I would imagine. Um, but the thing that, I mean, you know, our show is called modern dadhood, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that we're often sort of discussing is like, what does that mean? You know, what is that, mm-hmm. what does that term even really mean? How does maybe if we're consider our, if we're considering ourselves to be modern dads, how's that different from like our, our parents or, or, previous generations. And I, I, I just love the notion that one of the things that that can mean is that we aren't necessarily perhaps people who are defined by like their job, but we have these mm-hmm. other things in our, like we might have a job and we might go and we might do that. We might even leave the house every day at 7am and not get or 6am and not get home until dinner time or what have you. But we still have these other things in our lives that we clearly love and we clearly, you know, make room for, and even maybe sometimes go so far as to share with our, with our kids. 
I guess I just find that really important. And I, I sort of would put that into the bucket of that is one of yeah. the things perhaps maybe that makes a modern dad. Oh yeah, totally. I completely agree. I think modern dad, yeah, they're more deliberate. They're more intentional. They're more reflective. They want to craft something of their own, something meaningful, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be their job or career, but some aspect they're, you know, they're bringing to life something that's just for them. And they're being very intentional with how they parent and interact with their kids, perhaps more so than other generations. To learn about your coaching, people can go to jefffyans.com. That's F-A-J-A-N-S. Where do you like to direct people to find your music? Should they be looking for you on Spotify? Yeah, Spotify is the best place. You can look up Mr. Boo Daddy, all one word, on Spotify, uh, Instagram. It's a good place to follow me on for my music. Uh, it's just at Mr. Boo Daddy. Uh, but yeah, those are, those are the best places to, to connect with me. Jeff, it's been a ton of fun chatting with you uh, about your music and about your professional career. We really appreciate you coming on the show and um, and keep your ears open for new music from Mr. Boo Daddy. So. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Adam. Keep up the awesome stuff at Modern Dadhood. Wow. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. I want to tell you something that's been going on in the checkout household, but I just got to, I got to bring up my camera and I got to check on, I got to check on my kids for a minute and it's, it relates to the story. Trust me. And I still, and I still see, I still see eyeballs. What's going on? This is a bedtime thing for, for the listeners. We typically are recording at night after we put our kids down. What's happening, Mark? The routine is bath and then PJs, read a book. One final pee pee, and then you know, back scratch, go to sleep in the dark, kind of thing. But lately, one of my sons has he he he's during book time. He's like, I'm not, I'm just not done, and I, and I want to keep looking at the book. And it 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 turned into a meltdown last night. And you know what it's like. Sometimes you sort of pick and choose your battles. You know, you're like, am I gonna put up a fight and try to make a point? at eight o'clock at night when these kids should already be in bed or should I just relent and kind of get through at the night and maybe we can talk about it the next day. Mm -hmm. So I relented and we have these little night lights. They're way too bright, but I gave them this little night light and I was like, then read your book, set your, I was like, but just try to keep it under your blanket, you know, so that Mm -hmm. it doesn't bother your brother because your brother's trying to get to sleep. And he stayed up for like another hour, mm. <laughs> like looking at this book. I thought he would get bored with it and eventually fall asleep. He didn't. It just, I eventually had to go back up there and say, buddy, um, it's time now. Yeah. I got to shut this off. And he didn't put up a fight probably because he was so unbelievably tired at this point. Yeah. 
Um, he just he just went like, OK, daddy, and like curled up, like as if there was no meltdown, yeah. as if whatever, as if his whole life didn't hinge upon this frickin nightlight. And so now my wife and I are like, shit, is this a new thing? Yeah, this is a thing that we've always got to worry about, that they're in the same room. One kid wants to go to sleep like for like my other son is like lights out. Good night. And within like 30 seconds, he's asleep. Yeah, it's hilarious how fast it happens sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Whereas my other son is just like, nah, man, it's time to hang out and like do stuff. And they're just eight feet away from each other in the same room. I said to him tonight, I was like, you can read, buddy. I love that you love to look at your books, but can't leave the light on all night long. So when you get sleepy, do you think you could turn it off? And he said he could. But you're, but you're looking know. at the monitor and you see his little eyes. I see him around. still moving around. Yeah. Yeah. His eyes are still moving around and he's not asleep yet. <laughs> just like once in a while he just looks up and it's like that nocturnal eyes, yeah. you know, that's like deer in the headlights eyes. It can but, be so uh, creepy. On one hand, it's really annoying. On the other hand, that's awesome. Like, like nightlight in bed, you know, blanket up over your head looking at a comic book. That's like, it's awesome. Yeah, he probably enjoys like a little, little bit of independence. And this is the same son, by the way, who wants his name to be changed to Chop Claw. Chop to Claw, chop, check it. Chop Claw. <laughs> Those are things. <laughs> a slight offshoot of So That's a Thing Now. Well, I liked it. Well, let's say the things that we say at the end of the episode. Starting with... Dads, you can find every episode of Modern Dadhood at http colon slash slash www. Https. Get that oh, in yes, because that's SSL important that people know. Security, that, that, yes. Yeah, it's secure, secure we take, site. We take security Don't very worry, seriously. Moderndadhood.com or anywhere podcasts are hosted like Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music. Beastie Casts, Fiance Pod, Fiance Stream, anywhere, anywhere. But wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave us a quick rating and a review, and and subscribe if you haven't. It would mean a lot to us. You know what else would mean a lot if you like if you use your mouth to tell a friend about the show. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Email us. You could email us at hey at hey at hey at hey. <laughs> You can email us at hey at moderndadhood.com. That's H-E-Y at moderndadhood.com. We always like to thank Casper Baby Pants and Spencer Albee for the music in Modern Dadhood, the podcast. We like to thank Pete Morse at Red Vault Audio. That's Red Vault. Red Vault Audio. That's H-T-T-P-S. redvaultaudio.com to learn about Pete's services Uh, he always makes us sound great and we're very appreciative for that we want to thank our new friend Jeff Fiennes aka his musical pseudonym Mr. Boo Daddy and the last thank you always comes from you Mark and that is thank you for listening